This is episode number 119 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Hey, welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Standard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing successful businesses. On this episode, I'm going to give you a very, very simple five-step problem-solving process that you can use in a lot of different ways, but it can really help you create breakthrough solutions to even the toughest problems that you face. When I first came across this process, I was intrigued, but I was also pretty skeptical. And at the time, I was a sales consultant for a really big company, and I noticed that this the, the training and the processes that we used at this company had a higher return on investment when our customers trained groups of people together rather than when they trained single individuals. However, most of our customers worldwide, I mean, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of customers in the entire company uh, were training single persons at a time. A, a single person would come to a training program or we'd go out and talk to a single person and train that person up. And we tried everything as within our our group to get the customers to send bigger groups of people, uh, but we just had very little success. And then I came across this problem solving process, and I used it to try to solve this really frustrating kind of challenge. This thing that had been stumping our our industry, our company for for probably a couple of decades. By the time that I got there, within a couple of months, the size of but after using this process. The size of the groups that that our customers were sending doubled, and then within another month it doubled again, and then it doubled again. And in fact, I look back on that challenge today, and the solution was so simple. It was so easy to fix, by the way, but it it, it had eluded us for a very very long time. Uh, and by the way, we came up by using the process that I'm going to share with you today. We came up with that solution in less than 15 minutes. It was a fantastic kind of thing. And I was sold. At that point, I'm like, wow, this process, this really, really works. I'm going to share that with you today. Um, so you're going to love the tip that I that I give you. We're gonna, you're going to love this process. And you should get some really fantastic results very, very quickly just by using this. By the way, the episode is brought to you by leadersinstitute.com for details about leadership development or how to create a team culture. Visit www.leadersinstitute.com. And if you've got questions for me or comments, you can always tweet me at Doug Standard. All right, so let's get on with these five quick tips. So on today's episode, I'm going to share with you the five-step what I call group problem solving process. It's a it's a process that it, it's foolproof, by the way. This thing works almost 100% of the time, pretty, pretty close to it. So if you're looking for a way to get a group of people to solve a challenging problem without coming to blows, by the way, then basically this session uh, is, is going to be very helpful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover a few effective group problem solving techniques. And in fact, the the process that I describe it's what I I call it the the five step group problem solving process and it's it, it's incredibly effective I I I can't I can't tell you how powerful this specific technique has been for me and my company and uh, my clients over the, over the the couple of decades that we've been using this so one of the more challenging leadership skills is getting a group of people to work together on a common problem. However, as you probably know, a group of individuals can be way more creative and be way more productive 
than a single person by himself or herself. The key is to keep the team focused, though, throughout the process. You don't want to do too much rabbit chasing during the process. Otherwise, you can get off the rails pretty quickly. Um, you also want to make sure that the process doesn't devolve into a, a, a popularity contest where it's one side of the room against the other. You know, for instance, let's say that one of the team leaders comes up with a fantastic solution. However, this team leader has a rival in the room who leads another team. And as a result, the, the rival team leaders offer differing solutions. Well, the process can quickly change from determining a solution based on merit to one based on persuasion. So each team member, each team leader will, will try to win the group to his or her side at the expense of the other person. Um, so an effective problem solving process should be, it should be objective. It shouldn't be a popularity contest. It should also use the strengths of the entire team versus just one or two outspoken leaders. So before I get into the five steps, let me kind of give you just a little bit of background about why this works and how this actually works. Because one of the things that we figured out is effective group problem solving techniques, they need to really utilize the strengths of the entire group. And one of the things that you have to understand is that perception is reality. Our experience, our successes, our failures, our beliefs, they all create filters within our perception. And we, if we, for instance, if we perceive that facts are true based on our experience, then we tend to hold on to those perceptions, even when faced with refutable proof to the contrary. So somebody can prove to us left and right that that thing that we believe to be true is not true. But if we've created that belief system in our in our brains, in our minds, then we're not going to believe it. Uh, so for example, a child who has no experience with dogs tries to, to pet a neighborhood dog at the park and the dog growls, barks, and, and eventually bites the kid. So that kid's experience with dogs could create a perception that all dogs are mean and all dogs are temperamental. That single experience could cause a filter or a paradigm in the mind of that child. The, this paradigm clouds that kid's perception of reality. To that person, you can try to prove that most dogs are nice and most dogs are loyal, but the argument's going to fall on deaf ears. And, and in fact, we all have these kind of perceptions, you know, some work for us in a positive way and some are negative. For instance, when you bite into a piping hot pizza and singe the roof of your mouth, you learn something. You, you'll, you'll most likely blow on the next bite to cool it down before doing it again. The point is, is that the sum of all of our experiences make up, make, they make us who, who we are and they, they make us, they, they create strengths within us. We learn from our mistakes, and as a result of learning from those mistakes, it keeps us from making those same mistakes again. So uh, my experience is going to be totally different from yours. And as a result, my paradigms, my filters are going to be totally different from yours as well. So since we all have these different filters, groups of people are more likely to identify a unique solution than any single person would. A single person trying to solve a problem is it is more it's more difficult for that one single person to try to solve that, that problem than having an entire team working on the problem as well, because each person has a different experience. For instance, um, 20 years ago, if someone requested information from our website, they wanted to take one of our classes or something, they filled out a form. The, the form sent an email directly to somebody on our sales team and the administrative team as well. You know, so the salesperson got one and then our, our people, the, the, 
the uh, executives at the company also got a, a copy of that. Over the years, though, we've we've added great apps like like Slack, and we've got a great CRM now. Um, so since we started using email decades ago, though, it's still there as well. We still use that quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, and I'll give you a really good example. Of this. I hired a, a, um, a VP of sales uh, a couple of years ago. And the first thing he said was, holy cow, why am I getting a thousand emails every single day? It was an obvious problem that we had just overlooked for years. And since he was brand new, though, he had an entirely different paradigm. And the solution was obvious. You stop sending all the stupid, repetitive emails. Um, so, but because we had been in the the pot, so to speak, for so long, we, you know, we didn't see that that wasn't obviously causing uh, it, what what was set up as a as a way to uh, make things more efficient was actually causing things to be less efficient now. And our paradigm was keeping us from from seeing that. So. Uh, that the the filter, this paradigm that you look through depends on your perspective. For instance, let's say that you're standing in the middle of a field and next to you is a curved wall. And the in it, it, and when you look at that wall, depending on which side that you're on, you might ask yourself, is that wall, it's curved, but is it convex or is it concave? And the answer is, well, it depends on what side of the wall that you're on. Both answers are actually correct. Um, if if you're standing on the concave side, though, it's going to be really, really hard for you to convince somebody that the wall is convex. However, if people from the other side, you know, and where they're on the convex side, they're going to have trouble explaining to you that the wall is actually concave as well. Um, but however, if people from each side of the wall describe it to you, you'll have a more clear picture of what the real reality is. Getting two different perspectives from two different points of view basically gives us more clarity uh, as, of what that wall actually looks like. So th this is the value of the group problem-solving process. The group is more likely to identify a real and a unique solution if they go through the full step-by-step -step process. So let me kind of go through the steps really quickly and, and kind of show you how you can do this. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things that you can go so far into depth on this thing that you can make this have lots and lots and lots of, of um, solutions or lots of applications in the real world. But I'm going to give you kind of a quick overview just for the for the podcast purposes. And uh, and if you have questions about this, or if you're like, hey, how do you actually use this in real life? Just email me or text me, uh, shoot shoot uh, a, a direct mail me through um, Twitter or something like that. And I'm ha I'll be happy to kind of walk you through this because I, I love talking about this kind of stuff, right? So these are the five steps in the in the five step problem solving process. And the key to success though is to make sure that you go through each step in the process. If you skip any one of these steps, the process falls apart very, very quickly. And, and the reason why most people have trouble coming up with solutions to really difficult problems is because they skip one or more of these steps. They're, they're trying to, to do it in a three-step process and, and it really doesn't work that way. So the very first thing that you need to do in step one is to identify the specific problem and then also create a one-sentence description of what that problem is. Now, this sounds really easy, but it's actually, this is the most difficult part, I think, and, and really it's the most critical step as well. If your problem statement is too vague, 
then you'll likely struggle with coming with coming up with a, a valid solution. And also, if the problem statement is too encompassing, then the solution might be too complex to, to easily implement. So, for example, if we decided that the, the problem that we want to overcome is poor customer service, then the group is likely to spend countless hours trying to define what customer service actually is. The more time, more more time is going to be spent coming up with every solution under the sun to try to fix a very vague kind of problem. It's too vague. The, the success of the solution would also be hard to measure, by the way. Um, however, if we broke customer service down into specific parts, now solutions come easier. For instance, if we want to increase the satisfaction level of our call center agents, that's a whole lot easier. It's more specific. It's something more defined. Or if we want to increase repeat business from existing customers, eh, it's going to be much easier to come up with solutions to, to that challenge. So that's step one. And, and I would set a time limit with your group to say, hey, let's just really quickly kind of determine what is the actual problem that, that we want to solve here. And I would spend maybe two, three, four, five minutes tops really getting clear on what the problem is. And the key is to ask yourself whether it's too vague or too um, too general. I, I give, before I move on to the next point, I, I'll give you one more example. Let's say, for instance, that the that the problem that we choose to solve is uh, world peace. We want to get, we want world peace, right? That's a very encompassing kind of problem. So as a result, it's going to be very, very difficult to come up with a solution. However, if we narrow it down into the component parts and we focus just on how to uh, to to keep uh, more law and order in my own neighborhood, that's a whole lot easier. That's a, that's a problem that we can tackle. And you do that over and over in different neighborhoods and it spreads out. And that's where the, the big solution kind of comes in. So don't try to tackle the huge problem. Instead, what you want to do is uh, come up with component parts. So step two in the problem solving process to, is to determine what are the possible causes of this problem. So a common error that people make at this point is to jump right into looking for solutions to the problem before trying to identify what the root cause of the problem is. This usually results in what I call a Band-Aid approach or a Band-Aid solution. It just treats the symptoms. It would be like reaching under the dashboard of your, of your car and clipping the wire to the check engine light. Yeah, sure, the light's not going to come on anymore, but the underlying root cause, the, 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 the problem that caused the engine light to come on is still there. So take some time to identify what some of the root causes of the problem are, and your team will come up with solutions to these root causes much more quickly. By the way, this is the step that most people skip. So we, we come up with a, a good problem statement and then jump right uh, to the solution. If you don't try to figure out what has caused this problem to occur in the first place, it's going to be much more difficult to determine the best solution. By the way, um, one of the things that is really important about finding the, the causes is that when you get to the point where you're trying to determine what the best solution is, you can look at the root causes to see how many of those root, those root causes are taken care of by the potential solutions. And so it helps you identify the value of the solutions that you come up with at a later time. So step three, the third thing that you wanna do is identify what are the possible solutions. So now we know what the problem is. We've got a very specific problem and we've identified what the possible root causes are. We don't know for sure that these things are the root causes, but we've listed, brainstormed root, the, the possible root causes 
of, of the, the problem. So now we're going to look for the possible solution. So if you got a nice list of those possible causes, all you really have to do is state one possible cause and then ask your team, you know, so how can we fix this challenge? This thing is the real cause of this problem. How do we fix this one thing? At that point, what will happen is many solutions will kind of come quickly. They'll, they'll find it'll be easy for somebody to determine how to overcome one of these root causes, whereas the overall problem may be a little bit more challenging. In fact, once the root causes are uncovered, solutions will kind of start popping like popcorn. So as soon as one team member states a possible solution, another team member will do what we call hitchhike onto the idea and add something to it. And initially, you may get a bunch of of uh, dissimilar solutions, but as you kind of keep going further, you'll see you'll start to see a pattern appear in the solutions that you're you're coming up with. So if you see this happening, just just move on to another possible cause and then try to identify solutions to that root cause as well. The most important part of this process is to not to try to prejudge any of the solutions. The quantity of the ideas is way more important at this point than the quality of the idea. So just try to get as many ideas on the table as possible, the more the merrier. And then step four, once you come up with this longer list of possible solutions now, now we want to step back and say, after all these things that we've come across or all these things that we've come up with, which ones are going to be the best possible solution? So in this step, you're going to weigh the pros and cons of each of the solutions to determine what is the best plan of action based on what we know today. Doesn't mean it's not going to change in the future, but what we know today, this is what the best possible solution is. You may find that halfway through the implementation of that that one of one of these possible solutions, you might find that another solution might work a little bit better. It's okay to regroup and regroup and begin to implement the um, the, the other solution if the first best possible solution turns out to be a poor choice after all. So don't be afraid to taste, take risks though. Be willing to go out on a limb to create a breakthrough for your group. So here are a couple easy ways to judge what solution is the best. The easiest way is to look at your list of root causes and then determine what solution fixes the most of those root causes. In some situations, the best solution will be really, really obvious and you'll get total agreement from the group. In other cases, you might look for what I call the path of least resistance. Some possible solutions may be, it may be a no cost way to do it. It's not going to cost you anything to change or make this, make this alteration. And it's going to be really, really easy. So you might want to start with that, that solution or those solutions, because if they work, then you've just saved a lot of time and you've saved a lot of money if they don't, now you go back to your list of possible solutions and, and try another. All right. So the, the next thing that you want to do, though, is you have to make the implementation plan. That's the fifth phase, fifth stage of, of the problem solving process is to create and imp implement a plan of action. So most problem solving meetings end once the solution is determined. <laughs> don't fall into that trap, though, because once the solution is decided upon, you want to create a detailed plan of action that holds specific people accountable for specific tasks during the implementation process. By doing this, you're going to ensure that the solution that you work so hard for actually pays off for you and for your organization. So you have to make sure that once you come up with this fantastic solution, you have to implement that solution. Otherwise, You've wasted the time of the entire process. You've wasted that entire process altogether. So if you want to tackle a huge problem, follow, follow the steps that I've outlined here. So first, 
identify the specific problem that 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 can be solved next identify a few possible root causes then try to come up with a few best possible solutions or possible solutions and then finally identify what the best possible solution is and then implement it you do those things it should be fairly easy to tackle just about any problem that your team comes up with all right so thanks a lot for being a part of high impact leaders we'll see you next week bye We'll